the last couple of weeks before, or last couple of series really, before we um, got to camp, we were doing like certain set of scriptures, like we did the fruit of the spirit, we did uh, the armor of God, which is chase the dark, I thought that was one of my favorite um, series we've done, it was super cool, who liked that one, chase the dark, everybody liked that one? Uh, we did, what were, what were the other ones, um, oh love is, um, we did bear fruit, which this, the merch on bear fruit is kind of tough, um, so We've been kind of breaking it down. And so then I figured, okay, so we went up to the mountain. We had this great experience. God moved. Um, and God is still moving. For those of you that didn't go, God's moving here. And, and it's amazing. And so now that we've kind of grasped this, and I know a lot of you, um, like I'll pick on Michaela because she's like on the worship team now. And, uh, but a lot of you have gone from, from believing in Jesus to living for Jesus. Right, and so, so now I feel like I, I thought to myself, let's take a let's take a bigger step. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're going to cover the entire book of Philippians instead. Okay, instead of just like a little set of scripture, we're gonna cover the whole book in the next four weeks. Daunting, I know. Good thing is it's only four chapters, so it's fine. <laughs> it's it's not gonna be super. It's like the sh- shortest book in the Bible, so. I don't know if it actually is. I think it is. Which one's the shortest book in the Bible? Oh, 1 John for sure is. You're right. You're right. It's one of the shortest books in the Bible. Um, but it's only four chapters. So follow along. Here's what I want you to do, though. Because, because for those of you, so there's some of you that still have to make the decision to follow Jesus. That's cool. Let's, let's get there eventually, okay? But for those of you that believed in Jesus and, and then decided to live for Jesus, when we're in that living for Jesus, now, now I'm going to call a little bit more from you, call a little bit more out of you. So what I want you to do, and it's easy because I'm going to read it with you, but every week after I'm done preaching on the chapter, I want you to go home and read it for yourself, okay? And if you need a Bible, we've got Bibles in the back, so you don't have to make a scene right now or whatever, or if you want it right now, raise your hand super high and I'll get you a Bible, but after service, if you're like, hey, I don't have a Bible and I want one, like a physical Bible, we've got them for you. But um, here's the thing. We're going to go chapter by chapter. I want you to read it for yourself and dive into it and figure out what it's saying and just have that be your devotions every day. Even if you do five, five verses on Thursday morning, five verses on Friday, five verses on Saturday, and you get all the way to the next Wednesday until we're back, right? Just let's read it together. Amen? So the title of this series is going to be called What's Next? Oh, hey yo. The merch for this is going to be wild. Let me just say that. So like I said earlier, we had this amazing experience at camp. A lot of you did. Where we went from just believing in Jesus to deciding that we're going to live for Jesus with everything that we have. So what's next? Or for those of you that just came, you just walked into the room and you're thinking to yourself, I don't even believe in Jesus. That's okay because you could ask the same question. What's next? If I would like to believe in Jesus, how do I do that? What, what's next? What do I do now? How do I live my life? What are the steps I should take to get closer to my calling or my purpose or my destiny, right? What does God want me to do now? Who's ever thought that? After, after like an incredible experience, like, okay, what now? I felt this uh, when I was younger. 
um, when I was, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old, I felt called to worship ministry. And at that time, I only played piano, uh, but like not very good. And then, uh, um, but I decided I'm going I'm to be a worshiper. Not knowing that when I was 16, um, someone would ask me to lead worship for the first time, and I was so scared, and I didn't think I could sing. I was like, you are crazy. And then we did it, and I was like, oh, hey. And I sucked, but it was fine. It was like, it was fun. And uh, um, and then when I was 18, <clears throat> the plan was to go uh, play football somewhere and get like a normal job and then just serve whatever local church I could. But then um, I felt God was really calling me to ministry. And I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> so I'll do that. And then the big question happened, what's next? What do I do now? What, what happens once I start? And we're all in different phases of life. Like I said, some of us don't even believe in Jesus yet. And so what's next? Believing in Jesus, right? Some of us believe in Jesus, but we're not living for Jesus. So what's next? Maybe we could start living, right? Some of us have gone all the way to the point where we're uh, deciding that I want to I do ministry for the rest of my life. Okay, what's next? And so I'm hoping that this series will help us to decide and to figure out what's next. Amen? So let's open our Bibles to Philippians, because we're going to be in this book for the next four weeks, so get used to it. I'm going to say Philippians. Philippians. All right. So uh, turn there, get in, open your Bibles. If you don't got a Bible, you got a phone, open your phone Bibles to Philippians, follow along. If you have your phone Bible um, and you have the Bible app on it, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV version. Uh, the Bible app's cool because you could choose whatever version you're going to read out. I just ask that you don't be on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anything like that um, because God's word is too powerful for you to be distracted. Amen? And uh, God wants to speak something to you and to change your life from the inside out, and Facebook will not change your life. It actually will. It'll just make it worse. So um, there we go. Uh, so before we start reading, and if you're asking, where are we reading? We're starting from the top. Philippians um, chapter 1. We'll start on verse 3, actually. But a little backstory. So here, I juked you. Oh, what? Um, so here in the book of Philippians, here's the setting, all right? So, so Paul and Timothy, everybody say Paul and Timothy. So Paul is the Apostle Paul. We all know him and know the story. If you don't. It's a really cool story. His name was Saul. He killed Christians, and then Jesus said, "Why, homie? Why are you doing that?" And he said, "You're right." And then, and then, and then he's like, "I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go make sure that people become Christians." And he said, "Cool, sounds good." So that's Paul, and he wrote a bunch of books. And one of the books, or two of the books, he wrote too was this guy Timothy. He was a local pastor and stuff. So anyway, so Timothy's like, "Yo, let's hang out." And so Timothy and Paul are together. They got into some trouble. They didn't do anything uh, that we would consider wrong, but in that time it was wrong, and so they ended up in prison. That's where we're at here. So the writing to the church at Philippi, that's fun to say. Philippi, I almost, I almost named the series like let's get a piece of the pie because of Philippi, but I decided not to. It was a little too corny. So we did what's next. Um, but Paul and Timothy are writing from prison to the church at Philippi, wanting to encourage them and let them know what's next where their lives should be pointing after their acceptance of Jesus amidst persecution, okay? So we're going to read a lot. Is that okay if we read a lot? Just just stay loosey-goosey, stay awake, don't fall asleep. It's good. Um, I, I was thinking, man, I don't want to read that much of the Bible, but then I felt convicted. Um, 
uh, because it's God's word. So uh, we're going to read it. Is that cool? All right. If it's not cool, too bad. Here we go. Uh, Verse 3, it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, and you'll, you'll recognize this one. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he's encouraging them here that like, I know I'm in jail and Timothy's in jail. It's cool. We got this figured out, kind of. Uh, but whatever God has started in you, he's going to bring it to completion. So don't think just because I'm here that whatever God's doing in you is on pause. It's not. And it's the same thing for you guys. Just because you came down from the mountain doesn't mean whatever God was doing at the mountain got paused. Whatever he started in you, he's going to bring it to completion. So trust God that no matter where you're at location-wise, if you're at youth convention, if you're at youth camp, if you're at, in your room, if you're here at church, or if you're at school, whatever God is doing in you, he's going to bring it to completion no matter where you're at. Amen? Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and more with knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Time out. Verse 9, it says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. This sounds good, right? That your love may, that you may love people more, that you may love God more, that you may love your neighbor more. This is great for today. We're all talking about how we should love each other more and more and more. Amen? But there's a second part to that verse. That your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. We'll get to that later. Verse 12. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, hey, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, have, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? So this is really good for us. Think about this. Paul is saying that there's some people who are preaching the gospel with good intentions. And there's some people who are preaching the gospel with bad intentions. Who's ever seen that? Like your friend's like, oh, they're a Christian, but they're like a Christian. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really love God, but they act like they do. Here's, here's what Paul says. Ready? What then? He says, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So basically what he's telling you to do is to stop worrying about everybody else. And if Jesus is being proclaimed, let's rejoice in that. Amen? So number one. 
We got, we got two steps of what, what's next, right? Number one is talk about it. Everybody say talk about it. So we had this mountaintop experience. God is good. God changed our lives. Some people got healed. Some things happened. It was crazy. What's next? First step, talk about it. And if you're in this room and you're like, I didn't go to camp. What am I supposed to talk about? Talk about how Jesus is changing your life. Talk about how Jesus is impacting you from the inside out. What is Jesus doing in your heart, right? Talk about it. What good is the news of Jesus Christ if you can't share it with anybody? Think about it. Everything good in your life, you, you want to tell somebody. You ever had something that happened that was so cool and you're like, oh, I'm not telling nobody. Nope. Can't tell them. Except for if, like, you won the lottery. Sometimes people are like, hush, hush. You know what I mean? But anything good is worth sharing. Amen? Paul wrote in verse 6, like I said, I, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So he's done a work in you, and he'll bring it to completion. And then in verse 9, like I said, we're recapping this. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So we are to love like Christ loved, everybody always, but not without knowledge and discernment. That's where we have to get better. We, today, in, in today's society, we're actually pretty good, I mean, in some ways. But the idea is there that we want to love everybody always and accept everybody and do all this kind of stuff, which is great, which is good. Love everybody no matter what. Being hateful is never a, is ne- is never a trait of Jesus. It's never Christ-like to hate somebody. So if you find yourself hating somebody, you're not doing it right, okay? So, so the goal is to love everybody always no matter what, but with knowledge and discernment. So not just all willy-nilly, like, oh, yeah, let's do it, whatever, you know, do what you want to do, and I'll do what I want to do, everybody do what they want to do, I love you no matter what. Sure, you love them no, no matter what, but, but still, you got to carry some knowledge and discernment in your life, amen? When we love somebody, think about this, when we love somebody like Christ loves us, their life should change just like ours does when Christ love us, loves us. So, like, when I experience the, 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 the power of Jesus, when I experience the love of Christ, my life changed. It changes from the inside out. So, if you're going to love like Jesus, why shouldn't somebody else's life change? If you're carrying that same, same love. Does that make sense? It's not about loving someone for who they are. This is contrary to popular belief. It's not about me going to Andres and saying, man, I love who you are right now. Don't ever change. You're perfect. Just be you. That's not it. Sounds nice. Everyone's like, wow, that was so sweet. (laughs) No, no, no. How about this? Andres, I love you right now, and I'm excited for who you're going to become. And I love what God has for your future. Right? See how it changed? Like, like loving you for just how you are is static. And we allow people and we enable people to just stay in their mess. And then we ourselves, in our self-talk, enable us to stay in our mess. You're perfect, Brett. You are awesome, bro. Just stay you, man. Block out all the haters. Okay, no, maybe the haters have a point. <laughs> Sometimes. Can we be real? It's like the person who, like, hops from job to job to job to job to job. The management was just toxic. Okay, well, this is your 12th job that the management has been toxic. Maybe you're toxic. 
Or maybe you're just a bad employee, right? It's like, it's like getting 15, like, speeding tickets. I don't know what's up with the cops in Orange County. Like, they, they're crazy. No, you're speeding. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, like, sometimes we, like, block everything out. You're doing it perfect. You're doing it just for yourself. No, maybe you're not. So self-reflection is really good. Where am I at? What's going on? And, and it's not always good to just say, like, hey, I love me or I love you right where you're at. It's good to say, like, I love who you really are. Because you were made in the image of Christ. And every day that you get closer to that image, you become more of who you were supposed to be. And I love that. Amen? So going back to what, the, what that says, <laughs> talk about it. Two things happen when a life-changing or incredible experience happens in our life. Two things happen, usually. When something cool happens in your life, two things happen. First thing is you tell others. Second thing is you talk about it with the people who are involved. Let me give an example. Uh, A few weeks ago, Danielle and I went to Zion National Park, and it was incredible. It was amazing. Danielle had to pull me off the edge of a cliff because I was just so, like, in awe of, like, the scenery, and Danielle's like, hey, can we go now? <laughs> it was like 45 minutes. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> right? But, we, and we had so much fun. We did, a little, we did a little off-roading. We ate some good food. We ate some bad food. We, um, <laughs> we actually, I ordered the, I don't know why I did this. But, okay, so the menu said bacon-wrapped meatloaf, which sounded dope. I was like, I'm down, dude. Anything, it doesn't even matter what the second part was. You said bacon-wrapped? Yes. So, I ordered this from this restaurant, and I thought it was going to be dank, and I don't, I don't, where was the bacon? Hello? I never showed up, and I'm sitting there, and Danielle's, like, gagging, and I was like, what's up? She's like, that smells, like, probably good to you, but for me, like, I'm, I want to die right now, because <laughs> she's pregnant, and senses are crazy, so, like, I'm eating this, like, like this, like, away from her, like, I'm trying to, like, finish it really quick, so she doesn't know, <laughs> it was a mess, but there, there was a lot of really, really good moments we had on this trip, and one of the most amazing moments is we went on this hike, and we didn't know what the hike was going to be, and then it opens up, and it was the most beautiful scene I've ever seen in my entire life, and in that moment, I was like, every doubt I had that God is real, I believe in him right now wasn't because of some mountaintop experience. Well, I guess I was on a mountain. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of some, like, church service. It wasn't because of, right? I saw the glory of God, and I was like, oh, my word. God is good. There's no way that's an accident. Right? So, and then I came back, and I was telling everybody about it. Guys, you should have seen it. I'm sending pictures. Dude, this was crazy, you know? I'm telling everybody about it. And then me and Danielle, for like weeks after, I was like, do you remember when that, that bacon wrap thing came out? It smelled like poop, right? I was like, right? We're talking about it. It's like, oh, it's so funny. Like, remember when we took your forerunner and slammed it into the dirt, and it was sick? And she's like, yeah, you know? It's like, we, we talked about it. Another example, a couple years ago, like four, three, four years ago, uh, me and some buddies, we were on this, like, flag football team. There's this league out in Tustin. They're pretty serious, whatever. Uh, and this one season, we won, the, we won the championship, the flag football championship. It was crazy. I was like, let's go, you know. And it was a big deal, okay, so don't make fun of me. Um, but we played, and we played against, like, we had a rival team. How lame is that? In, like, flag football, we had a rival team. Like, there's this other guy that, it wasn't Christ-like of me, but I really didn't like this dude. And so I was like, we're going to beat them. And, 
And so we did. We beat him in the championship. It was awesome. We're running around screaming. And uh, we got these, like, tank tops that say, like, flag football champions. We're like, ah, we're, like, way too hyped over it. Like, it was the Super Bowl. Um, but then, and then I, afterwards, I'm telling everybody, oh, you should have seen what happened on Sunday. I was on fire. I was like, boom, throwing dark, boom. You know, I was like, I couldn't miss. I don't even know if I threw an incompletion. It was crazy. You know, I'm, like, bragging. I'm, like, talking myself up. And then, like, my buddy Brandon played uh, with me on that team. And, like, to this day, we'll be on the phone. If It's, like, guaranteed. If me and Brandon are on the phone for longer than, like, 30 minutes, it comes up every single time. Yo, remember that one time when we uh, when we were throwing darts? All, you were catching it. It was, like, crazy. We beat that team. He's, like, yeah, bro, that was the Lord. You know, we, like, we'll talk about it for, like, an hour. It's obnoxious. But when good things happen in our lives, the natural response is to tell somebody about it and then to talk about whoever was there. If you were, like, out in the ocean... Oh, I shouldn't use this example. Okay, I'm going to use a happy example. I was about to, no? Okay, so, because we're having a beach day in a week and a half, so we got to make sure everybody goes. So, if you're out in the ocean and you see, if you're out in the ocean and you see this whole pod of dolphins and they're all so peaceful and just like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty and they're doing backflips and you're like, wow, and they're like 15 feet away from you, you're like, oh my gosh, you come back and, and the first thing you do when you get home, mom! I saw dolphins. They were, like, right there. I basically touched it. Basically. Like, I swam with them. It was cool. I didn't even need, like, one of those, like, guides, right? It was awesome. And then and then if, like, someone else was in the water with you, you know, like, if, if Mia was in the water, I'd be like, Mia, did you remember those dolphins from, like, a month ago? They were crazy. Right? When something good happens in your life, you tell someone about it, and you talk about it with each other. Right? In both of the events, or three the three events I, I, I used, we couldn't help but tell people how amazing the experience was. And after the fact, we keep talking about it. So Paul talks about, at the end of that set of scripture we read, he talks about at the end, how there are some who are preaching the gospel while upset at him, and others who are preaching it with him. He lays down his preferences and says that he rejoices as long as the gospel is being preached. Everybody remember that part? He says, I'm rejoicing as long as the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached. So this tells me two things. Number one, we should stop worrying so much about other churches and youth groups and how they do things and rejoice that we're all preaching the gospel. There's this weird thing that goes around nowadays, and it's been going around for centuries, but there's this weird thing where there's like church rivalries, like my church is better than your church. What? I mean, ours is, but, like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. But it's like, it's like this weird, like, have you ever felt that in your spirit? Like, let's be honest. You ever felt that? Like, someone, your friend's like, oh, I go to this other church. You're like, oh, really? Wow. Bummer, because my church is better. So, right? Anybody ever felt that? Raise your hand. Be honest. Stop being liars. You're real. Okay. Thank you. But that misses the whole point. Jesus didn't say, like, Go and make disciples and all go to one church in San Juan Capistrano named South Coast Christian. And if anybody else doesn't go to that church, hate on them. No, right? You never said that. He said, go and spread the word. So there's going to be multiple churches. And that's amazing. We should rejoice that instead of being upset that, oh, man, there's this church that they're just, mm, wow, they're a little, their worship's not really as good as ours, to be honest. So, um and their, their, their guy, when he preaches, he, like, sits down the whole time. It's kind of boring. So, right? It's like, who cares, dude? As long as they're preaching the gospel, let's rejoice in it. Amen? Number two, we ourselves need to make sure we are in right heart and spirit when we share the gospel with others. So it's not just saying that I, I got to, like, Paul says, like, man, as long as Jesus is being 
uh, preach, then I'm cool. For, for us, it's like we got to make sure that we are not the ones who are not in right heart. Amen? And how this happens most effectively is we balance orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Okay, so you said, holy smokes. Brett, stop. I'm about to learn you something today. Everybody open your ears up. You said, you said what? Orthodox, ortho who? Orthopedic surgeon, what? Okay, listen. They're big words, but they mean simple things. Orthodoxy is faithful thinking. Everybody say faithful thinking. Faithful thinking. I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about his word. Studying the Bible, that's orthodoxy. Faithful thinking. Orthopraxy is faithful living. So when we, when we balance orthodoxy and orthopraxy, when we balance faithful thinking and faithful living, that's when we become real disciples of Jesus Christ. Because a lot of us just do faithful thinking. I know the Bible. I think about it. It's great. It's awesome. But then when it comes to faithful living, that goes out the window, right? Oh, who's going to know, you know? <laughs> as long as I love Jesus, I can sin all I want, right? It's like, no. <laughs> Back up the truck. Or some people are faithful living. I'm, I'm doing all this kind of stuff, but no faithful thinking. It's like the balance of grace and truth we talked about a couple weeks ago. So we usually start with faithful thinking. We think about it. It's like after camp. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, who's ever prayed those types of prayers? God, I dedicate my whole life to you no matter what. From this moment on, I'm letting it all go. Everything I've been bound by, be free. Ah, you know, and you're like, ah, and everyone's like, bro, chill. And, but we, so we have this faithful thinking, but it's time that we start moving towards faithful living too. Amen. So how, how do we live our lives? Is it glorifying to God? Is, is your life a megaphone for the gospel or a whisper in, in somebody's ear? Are you a megaphone for what Jesus is doing in your life? Or are you like that girl from Pitch Perfect? God is so good. Hey, Brett, what's God doing in your life? Well, it's just really good. He came to me last week. It was super fun. It was super cool. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, bro, What? But that's how we often live our lives. Like, you're, they're like, are you a Christian? Yes! What's God doing in your life? Okay, well, um, so he, uh... <laughs> right? <laughs> What's your favorite scripture in the Bible? Oh, I'm glad you asked because it's actually uh, in Philippians. One's like, say it with your chest, homie. Right? I was kidding. Like, what? What's going on? That's how we live our life. They're like, what's your favorite football team? The Seattle Seahawks. They're so sick. Russell Wilson's the best. And they're like, oh, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? Okay, so um, uh, I'm really excited to go to church. I hope you come with me. Right? So we got to change that whisper to, to a megaphone, right? Right? Everyone who's around me is like, wow, dude, he's in love with Jesus. That's crazy. What's, what's different about that guy? Or what's different about that girl? Right? It's Jesus. So don't be there. Right? Be the ah! You know what I mean? <laughs> Learn it, live it, and talk about it. Learn God's word, live it out, and then talk about what he's doing in your life. Amen? All right, let's read again real quick. I'm running out of time. I'm running long. Holy smokes. This is what happens when you do a Bible study on a whole chapter of the Bible. Here we go. Okay, we're going to do verse 19 through 21, so a couple verses, and then we're going to do 27 through 30. So it's going to be fine. We're good. Here we go. Ready? Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. 
as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For, me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. All right, skip ahead. Because the next part is him just talking about how going to heaven would be so fun. Okay, so 27, verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we just talked about. Let your life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that, what, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you like a megaphone. See what I did there? Check it out. Whether I'm there or not, Paul says, whether I'm there or not, I want to hear about you. I want to hear of the things that you're doing. That's not a whisper, right? That you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. Heyo. Block out the haters. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. <laughs> Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still am. So, it gets heavy. He says, he says all these wonderful things to live is Christ, to die is gain. Everything's cool. But then he says at the very end, hey, so um, you're going to endure some suffering. Just as you witnessed me doing and as I'm right now in prison. <laughs> so that's where it gets hard. That's number two. Okay, the second thing, when the what's next, what's next, we said talk about it. What's next after that is growing pains. Who's ever felt growing pains before? To live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is to serve Christ in everything that we do with all of our heart because that's our purpose. And one day when we die, we gain the physical, tangible relationship with him we've been longing for our whole life. That's what that means. To live is Christ. To live, I'm living for Christ. I'm living for everything that his purpose was. And to, and to die, cool. I get to be with him. Amen? Verse 29 says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. We endure suffering for things that we love all the time. I made a list. Anybody ever heard of the friend zone? Suffering, okay? Sheesh. I've been there, all right? But we suffer because we love what might come out of it. Soreness when you, after you go to the gym, trying to get big muscles. I need to do it more. I know. Stop saying, stop being mean about it, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. But we go to the gym, we want to get ripped. Ooh, let's go, you know, right? And we get sore and it hurts. But we suffer <laughs> for gains, bro. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, or sometimes when we eat healthy and we change our lifestyle, we're a little bit hungry. Who's ever been hungry when you're, like, eating healthy? Oh, I'm hungry. We suffer for health. Or Danielle's going through it right now. Uh, pregnancy. <laughs> you suffer for the sake of new life. Or here's a more silly one, but getting yelled at by coaches. Who's ever had that happen? Sports coaches, they're yelling at you. You're like, oh, what is going, why? <laughs> some, pe some people get hanged. They're like, ah! Some people are like, tune them out. Some people are like, I don't know, but right, getting yelled at by coaches, but to get better. Because often if you like 
tune down the yelling and you listen to what they're actually saying, it'll make you better. Or here's another one. Who's ever gone on like a super long road trip to go visit someone you love? Everyone's like, oh, I love the road trip. No, you don't. The road trip sucks. The road trip is terrible. It's like the stops on the road trip, sure, they're great. But sitting in a car for hours and hours and hours, chewing ice to stay awake, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I'm just being honest. I love, but don't get me wrong. Anytime everyone's like, Brett, you want to go on a road trip? Yes, dude, let's send it because I'm down. But the actual driving part sucks. It's terrible. (laughs) And so when we were kids, because we were poor and stuff, we couldn't afford plane tickets for like all five of us to go up to Washington. So we drive. It's like it was from Vegas. It was like a 24-hour drive or 21 hours or something like that. Obnoxious. Suffering for the sake of what we love. Amen? So these are exact examples, some silly, some not, but it begs the question, do you love Jesus enough to feel some pain? Or, or let's ask this, what will you do when the pain shows up because you love Jesus? So instead of, ta- I'm going to change it up though, instead of talking about what you shouldn't do, who's ever been told, like, you shouldn't do this, don't do this, don't do this, anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever been told that, okay? So we're going to flip the script. I'm going to tell you what you should do, not what you shouldn't do. In times where you feel some pain and all that kind of stuff. And this is really practical. I'm done. Here we go. Check this out. Everybody write this down or put it in your phone notes. This is what, this is your homework for this week. You're like, bro, I'm on vacation. Why are you giving me homework? Listen up. This will change your life. I'm going to force you to talk about it. And I'm going to force you to have some growing pains. And that's okay. Okay? Shable's like, dude, I've got past the growing pains. Why are you forcing me? Okay, listen. This is practical. This week, everybody say this week, this is what you should do. First thing, read Philippians chapter 1, the whole thing. So what we just read, you've already read it, it's easy, read it again. Number two, tell someone your story. So this is different than what most people tell you. Most people are like, tell someone about Jesus. Okay. Live a life so good that when you tell someone your story, they find out about Jesus. So let's do that. For those of us that have accepted Christ, for those of us that that were at camp and our lives have changed, tell your story to somebody. Find someone to tell your story from. And maybe it'll lead into you bringing them to youth next week. Holler. Amen? So read Philippians chapter 1, tell your story, and push our comfort zone in Christ. Push your comfort zone. What, are you com- what, what, is, what is comfortable about your relationship with Jesus right now? And then push past that. Well, I read for five minutes a day. Sick. Read for ten now. Right? I pray before every meal and I pray before bed. Okay, how about you pray when it's inconvenient? Or pray, set a time. You set, some of you set it aside like four or five hours a day to video games and you can't give Jesus 30 minutes? Right? Or a lot of us set aside like hours and hours on Instagram, but we can't set aside 30, 30 minutes to pray. Push past your comfort zone. Worship. Next week. Think about this. Next week when we're worshiping, where, where's, where's your usual comfort zone? Is it here? Is it here? Right? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? 
Or are you crazy already? And you're like, <laughs> what, what, wherever you're at, like push, push towards the next thing. Push past your comfort zone. Amen? Everybody got that? Read Philippians chapter 1. Tell someone your story. Push past your comfort zone. Cool? Stand up. We're going to pray. We're done. Here we go. Is everybody cool? That was a lot. But I, f- I felt like you could take it. Is that g- was everybody cool with that? Raise your hand if you had a good time. You learned something, okay? You learned something. Now you're going to go back and read that, and you're going to learn some more, okay? God is good, amen? Let's make it a priority. I, I believe if you-, if you commit yourself to being here for the next, well, three weeks now, um, y- your life might change from the inside out because you'll learn what's-, what's next, okay? So let's bow your head, close your eyes, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We give you praise. We honor you. We thank you so much for who you are. God, all that you're doing in our lives. Jesus, we just pray that you would help us uh, this week, Lord, to just push outside of our comfort zone, to do things that we normally wouldn't do. God, to tell our story, to, to, to read the Bible more. God, to, to interact with people in a way that we're like megaphones and not just a whisper, God. So help us, Lord, to have the boldness to tell someone about it. God, and have the boldness and the courage to go through some growing pains as we pursue this life with you, Jesus. So we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Reset. Thank you.